Hello, welcome to the Purple Chair Podcast, and I'm Lara Labuda, your scissor wizard, color alchemist, unicorn creatress, and I'm creating magic every day here at the Purple Chair. And this is episode seven. And we're going to talk about the coronavirus because everyone is talking about the coronavirus. And I'm about to give you a, my public service announcement about viruses and flu things in general. Um, this is just a good opportunity to remind you and everyone that goes to see their hairdresser that to wash your hands. I feel like I need to pause and say that one more time. Wash your hands, sing happy birthday, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to me. My birthday was yesterday. Sing happy birthday while you're washing your hands. It's like literally the most important thing that you should do every day, all day. Um, because sharing is caring, except for when it comes to the germies. And I'll tell you, I am independently employed, self-employed. So like if they're, if I'm not here producing, no one's here producing income for this business. And I'm not willing to take a chance with a sick person coming in contact with me because I like to go to work and I love to make people feel good. So personally, I think uh, if you're sick, you should stay home. If you've come in contact with a sick child, you need to stay home. If your kid is homesick, don't come to your hair appointment. I'd rather you cancel your hair appointment and I'm have some free time to myself that day than get sick myself. And I take all the precautions to not get sick, but I feel like I could talk about this all day. Wash your hands. I wipe everything down, spray everything down with barbicide bleach because I don't want anything to be transferred from one other person to, to you. So wash your hands, coronavirus. Don't visit your hairdresser when you're sick or even if you think you're sick or even if you have a little cough. So after my PSA, we're going to get to some question and answers from you guys. Um, I have some really great things for you. You guys are really smart. Um, so my first question is, at what age should you color kids' hair? And with the toxicity and encompassing all of that. Um, so a lot of these answers are going to be strictly my opinion and things that I believe. Um, but when it comes to coloring children's hair, my biggest thing is the time spent in the chair. So if you think your child can sit for two hours, because my color service depending on which service we're doing, um, it takes me about two hours to, to complete a color service, if not a little bit longer. So if you think your child can sit and behave for two hours to get their hair done, by all means, let's do it. Um, and there is no difference in coloring the tips of your hair just a little bit versus like all of it. So if you just want a little blue on the ends, first we're going to have to lighten it then we're going to have to rinse it. Then we're going to have to apply the blue. It has to process. So that's a three-hour appointment. It's not something quick in and out. Um, so if you think your child can sit for it, do it. Hey, 
Um, as far as toxicity goes, um, I'm super very careful in the products that I use and the chemicals and the ingredients. And I'm always trying to check this and that and make sure it's okay. Um, I think a few podcasts ago, I was talking about the ingredients in the chemicals that are banned in Europe versus in America. Um, so I choose color lines and product lines that are approved in Europe because of their regulations. So, um, but anything that you put on your hands is absorbed into your body within like 20 seconds or something like that. It's very fascinating to me. Um, so I come, I come in contact with it more than you come in contact with it. Um, so I would say if you're going to color your child's hair, you want to do it in a foil. Maybe you don't want it to touch their skin because their skin is a little bit more sensitive. And um, so it's just something for you to think about. But it's more so about the time that you have to be here and sit and process. Um, my next question is, how much do you hate? I love this question. How much do you hate when people bleach or cut or color their hair by themselves at home? Asking for a friend. I got you, girl. Uh-huh. Asking for a friend. Um, you know what? It's your hair. So you do with it what you wish. If you are in my chair and you've sat here for several hours and we've completely changed your hair and you love it and you leave, you could literally walk in the parking lot, take out your scissors and cut your hair in the parking lot. But you know what? My philosophy is, is that you are only my customer when your butt is in my chair. So your hair, you do what you want. I will caution you to say that just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. And by that, I mean, you can go to Walmart and buy the bleach and the splat. Oh, don't get me started on splat. Hang on. My blood pressure is going up. <sighs> splat. It's really hard to remove. So if you choose to do something at home and it doesn't go well, You've spent your $8, $15 on that box of color and you're doing it yourself. That can result you in a $300, $400, $500 fix at the hair salon. And sometimes it's not guaranteed that we can remove or do or get you back to whatever it is that you want. In fact, I did use splat. I'm going to admit this real for real. Splat came out and I remember it was Thanksgiving. I was in, I think I was in hair school. Was I still in hair school? I was still in hair school. And my sisters wanted a fun color in their hair. So I was going to go to beauty supply, but it was closed because it was Thanksgiving time, something like that. And uh, I'm like, oh, well, we'll just go to Walmart and see what they have. We can figure something out, right? Okay. So we purchased two boxes, one red, one blue, and we didn't pre-lighten their hair. We just went on and piled it in their hair. And let me tell you, that splat was in their hair for like three years. It never came out. So whatever sorcery is in that, I mean, that's on you. If you're committed to it, then do it. 
And I'm never going to be the hairdresser that tells you not to do something because you get to decide. I say that all the time. You get to decide. It's your hair. You get to do with it what you want. But if you're asking my opinion, I'm going to tell you the professional version of my opinion. Um, so asking for a friend. I feel like that made me talk really fast. Let me calm down. Um, so my series of next three questions comes from another hairdresser and they're really good. Uh, so doing other people's hair, does it make you more or less inclined to do your own hair? Which makes me think of the, is it the cobbler's kid doesn't wear shoes or has terrible shoes or some kind of, what is that called? Saying. Um, I hate blow drying my hair. And it's because I blow dry hair all day long, every day. And I don't mind it because I have the time to do it and I love to do it for you guys, but I just don't want to take the time to do it for myself. So I understand when you say, I need a haircut that's going to be super wash and dry and go because I understand that life. I do not like to do my own hair. I shampoo my hair once a week out of sheer laziness. Honestly, I can't even lie about that. I'm going to be honest. I don't like to shampoo my hair. It's emotional. It's not just the shampoo part. It's the blow dry part. And I told you I don't want to blow dry it. So I let it air dry, throw a couple curls in it, wear it down a couple days, pull it up. So if you ever see me with my hair up, it's because we're heading close to shampoo day. And then if I tie a, I love to tie scarves around my hair. Um, you know, that's like imminent shampoo. Also, I was thinking about this question, doing other people's hair. Does it make you more or less inclined to do your own? I get hair envy all the time. Like you guys are my biggest inspiration. So if someone comes in and I was going through my blonde phase and all of my blondes, I'm like, oh yes, I need to do that. Oh, I'm going to write that formula down because I'm going to, I'm going to have her hair. And then, and then immediately someone comes in and like, I want to go from blonde into like a violet. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do that too, because I get hair envy really easily. And if you're going to do it, I'm probably going to do it to myself too. Um, I'm also more inclined to do my hair right after I get it cut or colored, because then I feel like I have to. So. so her second question is, do you take daily steps to decompress after a full day of being on? And I did make a whole podcast. Was it the last one? The last one, episode six about self-care. But I feel like I don't really know that I fully went into this part of it. So after my day at the shop, sometimes if the shop downstairs is closed, we have to leave together and I don't get a chance to do this. But if I'm here alone, I sit in my chair and I let everything go out back to where it came from, from that day. So anything that's been given to me, I just let it go back out into the universe and it just goes where it needs to go. And then I don't carry it around with me. Um, I also take a weekly, if not daily salt bath, because I don't want to shampoo my hair. So I'm usually taking a bath sitting in Lara soup. Um, the salt 
uh, this is crazy to me. I've been trying to give this a lot of thought lately. Your skin is your biggest organ and we don't ever give that enough. Uh, I'm struggling with my words today. We don't give it enough, uh, credit the skin. We don't give it enough. It deserves more love than, uh, we give it. So I do take a daily, weekly salt bath and that's so that I can, I, I use, um, Epsom salts and I feel like it just gets rid of all the ick for me. Also, I'm sitting in that magnesium and it's absorbing into my skin. So it's like dual purpose there and it helps with my muscles. Um, and another thing that I use to decompress after a full day of being on is I don't listen to music in my car. I drive home in silence because I've talked all day to the person in my chair. And then on Wednesdays, I sit here and talk to you. And so I'm always talking, 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 talking. And sometimes I just need to not talk. Doesn't mean it's not talking in my brain because I'm replaying what happened of the events of the day. And, you know, sometimes I'm hard on myself about it, but I ride home in silence. And her third question is, would you prefer to do eight haircuts or three colors? This is a tricky question. Would you rather prefer to do eight haircuts or three colors? Okay, so here's a little insight on being a hairdresser and running a business. My first gut answer or reaction to this question is I'd rather do those three hair colors because I am coming from a place of creativity and what I would rather do to fulfill my soul and my heart and what makes me happy. But at the end of the day, those eight haircuts are going to fill my pocket a little bit better, which sounds really crazy because if I do eight haircuts at $35. What did we say that number was? I can't, I should have wrote it down. You can do the math on this. Don't do it while you're driving. So eight haircuts at $35 versus three hair colors. And we're just going to use an easy number because the other one was difficult. Three hair, three hair colors at $100. I'm actually bringing in more money with the hair colors, but I'm putting out more in overhead and back bar and product and a haircut. It's just my time, my tools, which you're paid for over a long period of time. And your higher profit yield is on a haircut versus a hair color. But my heart loves hair color way more, way more. So awesome questions. Hairdresser friend, Jessica. <laughs> Um, this is a, a, a question that I have had to take some time to think about because it really, it's a really good one. All these questions are really good. They've given, I have had to, had, uh, I've had to think about it. Um, so does the repeated shampooing plus rinsing significantly fade color treated hair? I'd like to try it, but I'm always looking to prolong the amount of time in between touch-ups. I guess this is like a multi-part question here. 
or a multi-answer to this question because it depends on what color you're using. So if you are, now this question comes from a, one of the unicorn girls, Effie. So she is super cool with this super cool hair, mohawk. And last time I saw her, it was purple. And um, so when it comes to those vibrant unicorn club hair colors, those are considered semi-permanent. I feel like I'm using air quotes in semi-permanent because you have to lift and then go in and deposit in two separate processes. So that semi-permanent hair color doesn't go as far into the cuticle as a permanent hair color would. Um, I think we talked about hair color in my very first podcast. And um, the further out of the cuticle that hair color lives, the least um, lesser amount of time it's going to last. Yes. So if you are a unicorn club fashion mermaid hair color lover, um, then each your hair color is only meant to last about 20 shampoos. I'm sorry I got a little brain tied up there for a second. When it comes to permanent, air quotes again, permanent color, it's permanently removing your natural pigment. There's still going to be some fadage going on. So this is my thought on this question. Does the repeated shampooing and rinsing significantly fade color-treated hair? Yes and no. Because yes, every time you shampoo your hair, you're going to fade your hair color. No, because when you rinse and repeat, you're really deep cleansing your hair. Therefore, you can go longer in between shampoos. I hope that makes sense. So... You should always rinse and repeat because you want to break up the dirts and the oils and then get rid of it. So then you can go longer in between your shampoos and keeping your clean hair clean longer. Yes. Um, and th that you're looking to prolong the amount of time in between touch-ups. So... There is no fix for your hair growing out. I, I was reading over the weekend something crazy like uh, I'm in one of these hairdresser forums and they're hysterical. Um, and someone was posting about how their customer wanted. They were upset because it had only been three weeks since she's gotten her gray roots touched up and. She thinks it should last longer and it's fading off on her roots. And the hairdresser has to explain to her that her hair is growing. So like, it was just really funny to me. So it's not fading off. It's actually growing out. So I thought that was, that was pretty hysterical. Um, I'm really loving these question and answers. So if you have questions that you would love answered by your hairdresser, I have no secrets. I will love to answer them for you. So if you 
have a question that you just need answered, send me a text me- or not text message, a Facebook message. Hey, you can text the salon too. It's a it's a cell phone. Send me a text. Send me an email. Check out all the social medias. Um, so our next question is. Speaking of hair growth, how long will it take my hair to grow? So um, you get about a half an inch to an inch a month. So you get any, you get about six inches a year. So and I measured my hand. So I use all these crazy measurements on my hand. So like if you're looking, if you're watching us, this is my inch. So this is how I measure my inch. I actually measured it one time. That's an inch. This is about six and a half inches depending on how stretched out my hand is that day, you know, got to do my stretches. Um, so this is about six and a half inches. That's about as much hair as you can get in a year. So when I'm looking doing a consultation and I have someone with long hair and I say, Hey, when's the last time you colored your hair? And you know, it's kind of grown out a little bit and, um, you can kind of see like a really slight line of demarcation. And I just like do do one year, two years, three years, three and a half years ago was the last time you colored your hair. And they're like, oh my gosh. Well, I'm basing that off of you get six inches ish in a year. Um, so when it sounds really counterintuitive and it sounds really crazy, but if you want to grow your hair out, then you need to get light trims of your hair. And that's just to cut off those, uh, the split ends. And because if you don't cut off a split end, it's just going to split and split all the way up the hair shaft. So that brings me to this question. This is a good one. What's the difference between a haircut and a trim? I feel like every hairdresser just cringed. What's the difference between a haircut and a trim? Guess what? There is not one. It's the same thing. Um, A haircut and a hair trim require the same process. The... You have to shampoo it. If you want to shampoo, you have to section it. You have to comb it. You have to cut. You have to blow dry. And then you have to style. So the biggest difference between the two would be the amount of hair you take off. And you can just do a a dusting. You can do a quarter of an inch, a half an inch, two inches, four inches, six inches, but they all are haircuts. And so there is no difference in charging for a trim versus charging for a haircut. It's the same process. So that leads me into this question. Why is a haircut so expensive and why is there such a wide range in haircutting prices? Well, I do get asked this a lot. What's it, it, would it be cheaper if I just got a trim versus a haircut? Well, no, I just, have to do the same thing for a haircut versus a trim or a shaping up or a thinning out or so why is a haircut so expensive <laughs> this is so funny I had this moment uh was it around Christmas time yeah it was around Christmas time and I had a a walk-in come in and he comes up the stairs and it's Christmas you guys people have these hair appointments booked for like at the beginning 
last Christmas, they're booking for next Christmas. It's just how it goes because it's a very important time of the year to get your hair done. So this salon is full of people. I think I think we had like six people getting their hair done in this. I'm not exaggerating. Like six people getting their hair done. And this guy walks up and he's like, I just need I just need a haircut. I'm like, okay, well, like, well, let me see if I have time. Maybe we can make you an appointment. And, and then he goes, well, how much is it? And I said, well, um, it depends on what kind of haircut you're wanting. I do a clipper cut, um, a scissor cut, or a shampoo cut in style. And that's my three different ranges. I don't distinguish between gender and a haircut. I think hair, everyone needs a haircut. We all wear our hair the way we wear our hair. I'll come back to that. So he says, well, well, how much is it? And I said, well, if you're going to do a clipper cut, it's going to be 25. And he goes, what? Why? Why? Why is it so expensive? And I just stared at him. And then I don't know what came over me or where it came from. And I said, well, you know what? We go to school for a really long time for this. And I just looked at him and he looked at me and he goes, well, I think it should be $10. And I said, oh, well, if you think that, then I know some places that you can go and you can get a great haircut for whatever price it is that you're looking for. But there's a hair school right down the street. It's going to take a lot longer for you to get a haircut there, but they are much less expensive than I am because they're students and they're learning. It's fine. I just, no one's ever said that to me before. And I was a little shocked. So why is a haircut so expensive? We were talking, uh, was that last week, two weeks ago? The price of my most expensive shears. Now I don't get all crazy when I buy my shears. I know some people out there have like the thousand dollar shears and this and that. My most expensive shears that I have right now are 400 and they were $400. I think 375, I think is what I paid for them. And then tax, um, and then my clippers, and I only have one pair of shears. I, You know, I have like several different pairs of shears, several different pairs of thinning shears because I want the right tool for the right job. My blow dryer, you guys, have you picked up my blow dryer? I like make everyone touch my blow dryer. It is less than a pound, and it's a tool that I use every day. I hold it, and I want to be able to prolong my life of my body in doing my job and spending time with you. So my blow dryer was $300. So if you calculate all of this, I can't do a haircut for $10. It's not possible. And then the overhead of where I'm working and I want to take home a paycheck because you know I would do it for free because I love what I do, but it's just not how our world works. Um, and there is a huge wide discrepancy, whatever, I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for, this big wide range of, well, she charges $15 and this person down the street charges $65 and this person is charging $100 for a haircut. Everyone is different. Everyone's experience behind the chair is different and what they are providing for you and your service. If you're wanting a quick in and out haircut versus you come in, you sit down, you get a drink, we do a hot towel, the everyone's experience is just a little bit different. So that you have to take that into account when you are pricing out a haircut. And what's your what's important to you? 
been doing a lot of talking. I need to take a sip. <laughs> so here's another question I get asked um, a lot. Why can't I create the look my stylist gives me when I'm at home? It never looks as good as when you do it. There's so many answers to this question. It's like the blow dry thing where you're you're coming in to get your hair done by your hairdresser and you know you, you don't blow dry your hair at home if you're like me. And so to get your hair blow dried is kind of a treat. And uh, I can get to your hair in a way, in an angle that you can't. It's not like you can just like pop your head off, stick it in your lap and do your hair because it doesn't work that way. So that, and um, I try to educate each and every one of my guests or clients or customers in my chair to how, as to how to create this look that I'm doing for them at home. I show them my products, I show them my tools. And it, you know, if you're, if you're wanting to recreate this look that you've been given at home, um, you really should take your hairdresser's advice. I love product. I use a ton of it when I'm doing a service and I know that when I go to work on my on my own hair, I end up not using as much product as my hairdresser used. So I find that a lot, um, that you're not using enough of the thing at home. Um, the tools that we use make a huge difference. Uh, my blow dryer is phenomenal, but you know what? I have that Revlon blow dryer at home and I love it. The little Revlon blow dryer brush thing. Like it's my favorite. I couldn't, I can't use it here. The cord is not long enough or I would use it on you guys, but I have a lot of people hooked on that thing. It's awesome. Check it out. Um, and it takes practice. So what I can do in 10 or 15 minutes may not be something that you can do in 30 minutes to an hour. So the it takes practice. You have to practice those styles. Um, so talk to your hairdresser about recreating your look at home. Um, I just ummed. I just consciously ummed. I told myself I wasn't going to do that, and I did it. Oh, Laura. Ooh, okay. What's the difference between Sally's color and what you do? This is my favorite. Um, they're all my favorite. So Sally's, I hear this a lot. Oh, I use professional color. I bought it at Sally's. I bought this and I mix it with that. And you guys, there is no, look, I know this is on YouTube, but YouTube is not an excuse for a hair cosmetology degree cosmetology degree yeah does not replace a license just because you saw it doesn't mean you should do it um i went on a tirade once about the sally's employees recommending i called okay i called there was a sign this is like three years ago now they had a sign on the window at sally's i was sitting it was raining i remember the day i was sitting in my car the windshield wipers are going and i'm looking because i had to go pick up some stuff from sally's because I use, I use it. 
Not the color, though. So the rain's going. My windshield wipers are going back and forth. And there's this sign. And it says, free consultation. Something about, we'll help you do your hair at home, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Whatever. So I didn't go in and get what I needed. Spoils or something. And I called. And I called. And I said, oh, I saw that you guys had this sign. And can you tell me more about it? about a consultation and she goes, oh yeah. So like you tell us what you want your hair to look like and you show us what you have and then we get you set up with all the goodies that you need to do your hair at home. And I was like, my next question, you, know, you guys, I'm trying not to turn red now, but I was like red hot. I was trying to stay calm on the phone because I needed to know. Cause you know, this is my industry and I work really hard to be in it. And anyway, so I said next, I said, well, do you have a cosmetology degree or do you have a cosmetology license? And she goes, well, no. And I said, oh, well, I said it. I sure did. I said, well, what makes you think that you can do this better than a professional hairdresser? And she hung up the phone on me. She totally did. But I say all that to say that some Sally's employees are professionally licensed and do know what they're talking about. Some do not. So you have to you know, caution yourself when you're going in there and knowing what you're up against. Also, it's going back to the doing your hair at home. If you love it and you do it and it works great for you and it's good for your budget and your family, then you should do it. If you're doing it because you're cutting back because you're, this happened, because you're trying to buy a house and you um, are trying to save money and whatever, whatever. So you're just going to like get this hair and you want to lighten it. And so you want to change up your hair, leave the big changes to the professionals. If you're, if you're going to do that, cause you know, you can have 30 shades of crazy up in your head. Um, so that's my soapbox on, on that. And I have one final question and I thought this was really awesome. So it's, uh, there are like basically like three terms that you should know in talking to your hairdresser, but what's the difference between a base color, a balayage, and an ombre? I'm going to repeat myself because I don't want to get brain tied. So a base color, a balayage, and an ombre. So what's the difference here? So we're going to start with base color. So base color is your single process, which means it happens in one go. You apply it, you process it, you rinse it out, you're done. So it's a single process and it's your like root touch up. So if you come in and you have gray and you're covering your gray or you are light and you want to go darker and we're just covering your roots, that's your base color. And a base color can go just on your roots or root to end. And it's like the basis of all the color we build off of that. So sometimes you come in and you're a full foil, but you also have a base color. We can kind of prolong your um, foil visits just by re-upping your base color, re redoing your base color. Um, so then balayage and ombre, there's kind of a little like, what is it? Is it the same thing? I don't know. It's popular. It's a really cool word. Some people say balayage. It's balayage. 
Um, and it's actually a French word that means sweep. It's a hand-painted technique. Um, an ombre is that blend from light to dark. So balayaging is a technique to create an ombre. Make sense? And you can have a sombre, which is a soft ombre. I remember when I first started doing the ombre look, it was like this dip dye and this hard line. And then people realized that that wasn't very cute. So then we started, you know, um, shattering that line a little bit and blending it out with the balayage. And so balayage is the technique of hand painting the hair. You can take strips or chunks or there's a variety of ways to do it, but it's traditionally... You pick up the hair and you paint it, hand painting. It's very artfully done. Um, it's very natural looking. Uh, looks kind of like the kids' highlights, like when you you see a child and they have like perfect highlights. And then ombre is that blend from light to dark. Um, and it's a natural look from going um, dark root into lighter ends. It's a natural look. It's a very unnatural look. I'm not saying you can't do it, but it's a very unnatural look to go from light into dark it makes your brain like oh what's going on there so those are three terms you should know base color balayage ombre so i hope that helps you out in talking to your hairdresser next time you sit in their hair and i really do love i have so many more questions here so we'll save those for another day and another question and answer um podcast but if you have questions that you want to know from your hairdresser i want to answer them I want, I want you to, I want to bring you into my world and spill all my little secrets. Um, so you can send us a Facebook message and email purplechairsalon at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. Check out the Purple Chair uh, Facebook page everywhere on social media, Instagram, you know, all the stuff. And then you can also check us out on our brand new website, thepurplechairsalon.com. So... Let me know what you think, and I hope you have an awesome day. Don't spread the coronavirus. Thanks.